So it takes them to this next page. And I think this is a fantastic place to use a video of you. Mm-hmm. If you have a red head for radio, like obviously we, you and I do, Sam, because <laughs> podcasting right now. I'm joking. All right. But if you've got a head for radio, don't be afraid to use it anyway, right? Because you need to get people to know, like, and trust you. And nothing does that better than sticking your face on a video and saying, hey, just wanted to say thank you very much for downloading that resource. And again, set some expectations. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to remind you of my free five-day challenge that's coming up and starting next Monday, the 2nd of December, the Authority Positioning Project. Now, let's start with who this challenge is for. This is perfect for you if you have a thriving one-on-one coaching business and you want to free up your time next year while also creating more income. Or if you've got a new coaching business which you want to grow to its full potential, or maybe you want to fast track your coaching or consulting practice on the side so you can leave your corporate job. Now let's talk about why you may want to get involved in the Authority Positioning Project. If you want to add six figures to your business in 2020, if you want to add a coaching component to your business, if you feel like the world's best kept secret and you're ready for people to see you, to hear you and to know you, then this is for you. And if you know it's time to grow your business and you know that 2020 is your year and you want to make a bigger global impact, then I would love you to join us. It's going to be a super fun challenge. You're going to get some quick wins on the board and there are daily prizes up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Register your free spot at samanthariley.global forward slash challenge and be ready to kick off on Monday, the 2nd of December. So that link again is samanthariley.global forward slash challenge. Welcome to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Great to be here with you and joined by my fabulous co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim? I am wonderful. Thank you, Sam. Missed last week, of course, because I was off winning awards and you were. Uh, recovering from the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of winning an award if you can't celebrate? Well, we did... Uh, the people at my table decided in their infinite wisdom that we would also then play a drinking game during the awards. (laughs) Can I just jump in there? I don't think wisdom and drinking game goes in the same Well, you know, that was, it was, it seemed wise at the start. And then by the time we got round to midnight, it was probably not great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just add, congratulations on winning your award. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So the networking group I'm involved with is called BX Networking. It's now pretty much all over the East coast of Australia. And we, every year we have a Business Excellence Awards and it's done on the same criteria as the Australian Small Business Champion. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's pretty, a pretty sort of good one to win. And it really recognises the achievement and outstanding contribution to, in, in business, to communities more broadly and, and the kind of excellence that you're sort of trying to, that we all would love in our business. So uh, for the second year in a row, I took out the Best Business Services category, which was pretty exciting. Fantastic. Um, 
They did introduce a marketing category this year, just moved a bunch of us over to marketing, but somehow I stayed in the business services category, which is okay. <laughs> but yeah, pretty exciting. And of course, my wife won as well. So that's now, um, she won best real estate business, property services. And now there's a bit of a challenge on for next year to see who could make it three from three. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And I hope that you both do make it three from three. Well, you know, there's going to be bra- there's bragging rights up for, up for grabs. <laughs> oh, so I'm not allowed to be on Penny's team for this one. <laughs> okay, okay. <Yes>. I've got, I've... <laughs> All right. Today we're going to talk about landing pages and the anatomy of a, a landing page. I think that this is... Something that confuses people, like what is a landing page? How do I put it together? So we want to break that down today and make it as simple as possible because it's, it's not actually that hard, you know, what it's there for and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think it's become one of those things that's increasingly important for businesses to be able to produce and knock up really quickly mm-hmm. um, as well, you know, when we've got different initiatives that we want to create. And just to sort of go into what a landing page is for those people that don't know, it is a standalone page that sits on the web, which doesn't have the usual trappings of a, a website page, including menu and, and links into other pages, right? So, so essentially it, no navigation bar. There's no, there's no real navigation and there's really only one thing that we can do on the page, right? I often will say to clients, a little bit like the Yellow Brick Road and Dorothy just wants to go to the Emerald City to get home. She's not going to get distracted by the Cowley Line and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. Right? Mm. So it's just the one thing that we can do on that page. So what do we normally use a landing page for? Look, landing pages are great for all sorts of applications, right? But really is when we want to sort of put something in front of somebody, right? So that there's only one thing you can do. And the, and the most typical use, or the two most typical uses of landing pages, one is what we call a sales squeeze page. Right? in which case we might have short or long-form copy and we're really trying to drive someone to purchase a product. Right? Or, more typically, right, a landing page is used for someone who wants to opt into, a, you want them to opt into a particular resource to continue our customer journey down our sales pipeline. Right? And, and that's, that's probably a more typical use. I know you and I both use lots of landing pages for that specific mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today, specifically a landing page that is offering some sort of resource or lead magnet so that people can go to that page, see what it is you're offering, put in their email address, and essentially that's it. Yeah, I think um, I was talking to a client just yesterday actually about whether she needs a website or whether she needs just a landing page. And she, we jokingly spoke about having a landing page that says, hey, go and check out my LinkedIn profile. We added a nice little loop. We've got to look at how we are driving traffic into our business. I think that's Mm -hmm. the first place to look at. Um, A landing page is something that we will drive traffic to. We generally won't find landing pages organically Mm -hmm. um, with a Google search or you know, with SEO, right? Mm. You're going to put it there on the back of either a comment that you might be, or a conversation you're having with somebody um, through social media or that you're driving advertising to that specific landing page. It's not, someone's not going to stumble over it and go, oh, look, this looks interesting. I didn't know this was here, All right? So we're not going to generally find people organically discovering your landing pages. They're really mm-hmm. there 
as a direct thing that you're going to deliberately drive traffic through through conversation, through links on certain pages, or through advert or through your advertising strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And like you did say there, Tim, generally we don't have one. I know that you've got a lot of them. <coughs> I've got a lot of them. I think we both figured out that we've got probably about 15 each roughly on our websites and you can't see them if you go to the website. They're links that we specifically talk about in a podcast episode or in, on a Facebook ad or it's a specific outcome that relates to whatever it is that you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that made sense. <laughs> it was, it was, it was yeah, a little absolutely. bit roundabout. It, it, made, it made perfect sense. <laughs> Oh, and for the people that aren't watching this, Tim just rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> yeah, like thousands might disagree with me. <laughs> but it is. And, and look, a question I do get asked is, why don't we just knock up another page on our website? And that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. And the two reasons I'd say you're not going to do that, and, and look, even on your website, you can actually remove the menu from the top of your page. Yes. Right? So you can build the menu website. But typically... When you're building pages in your website, it's a little bit more of a complex process. And if you're not very tech savvy, like I know a lot of our listeners aren't, you do have to go in and engage your web developer to kind of build this page and you're going to go back and forth. And it can be a quite expensive process. Building a landing page is much simpler. Mm -hmm. Typically, you're going to use some form of landing page software to do so. Mm -hmm. If you've got something like keep Infusionsoft or Entreport, you will have a landing page builder capability within your CRM and marketing automation software. Mm-hmm. Real advantage of doing something, HubSpot's the same as well. If you don't have that in your CRM, right, you will have to use a third-party landing page software and do an integration with your follow-up process, okay? Again, purpose of a landing page is to squeeze someone into one thing and then start some form of follow-up, right? So if we're offering a valuable resource, lead magnet or something, it's not just the landing page that does the job. You need your system behind it to then deliver that landing, that resource that someone's opting in for to them and start your follow-up process. So that's two um, separate pieces there. Two separate pieces, okay? Yeah. You can do it manually if you want to. Look, probably recommend that you have... Look, if, your if you're on day one it. and you don't have anything, sure. But if you're on day two, I'd recommend some sort of automated... Yeah. So if you don't have a landing page builder within your marketing automation platform, um, say you're using MailChimp or, or ActiveCampaign, there are plenty of other landing page builders on the market and they, they're very much drag and drop. They'll give you a bunch of templates that you can choose from, but they're largely drag and drop. Like Instapage, ClickFunnels, lead pages. There's lots of yeah, them. There's lots of them. There, there is a benefit to using them and that is that someone else has done the testing. So they're already tested in the sense that they're designed in a way that's going to give you the best or the highest opt-in rate. Yeah, yeah. totally. There, there is a really good reason to use them as well. Well, there's a really great saying that success leaves clues. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so if you see a successful page and, you know, if you've got access to a trial version of some of those things as well, a lot of them you can actually sign up to a trial version. You can just go and screenshot all the templates and then build it in whatever system you want to build it in. Wow. I never thought of that. And that actually sounds really hard. I think <laughs> I'm in the camp that let's just, let's just do it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. But all of these so, systems, you know, they are, they're looking at the conversion metrics across all of their customer base. 
and saying, hey, these ones we know convert really well. Yeah, totally. But in order to convert, there are a couple of secret ingredients that we need to have, isn't there? Absolutely, because it's not just about having the elements, I guess, in the right place. It's about making sure that we also have certain things on the page to have people opt in. So the first of these is having a catchy headline, something that is extremely clear and speaks directly to someone's pain point and tells them exactly how you're going to help them. Look, I think this is probably one of the most important elements that we have on landing pages. And I look at my landing pages that I created a year, two years ago, and I keep thinking I need to go back to them to kind of revise and and update my headlines on them. Because we do tend to fall into this space of almost corporate speak, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're coming out of corporate, right? We, we've got this propensity to kind of make everything really bland and easily understandable and stuff mm-hmm. and not really sensational, right? Mm. I think we've got to consider there's a rule around headlines and newspapers do it really well and magazines particularly. Yes. And I hate to say things like the National Enquirer and Women's Day and everything do this really well. But if you look at the headlines that are on the front cover of those magazines, again, success leaves clues. They really give you really a good insight into the kind of headlines that we need to use. They're always that little bit more sensational that captures the reader's imagination and gets them to read the rest of your page. Absolutely. If we don't do that, right, and create that curiosity and scratch that itch in in your, you know, your prospect's mind they're unlikely to kind of go on to that next stage to read all the dot points and benefits of what they're actually going to do. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a catchy headline. There's going to be some more text on the page, obviously, and the next one being the subheadline. Yeah. So this is where we start to put our compelling text, right? So the subheadline really expands on what our, our main headline has, right? So it's going to sort of just reinforce that a little bit but a little bit more sensible language, right? This is what you'll learn. So we might have, you know, the seven hidden secrets to kind of creating a website that converts 24-7 is our sort of main headline. But we want to kind of just expand on that. Do you know, discover, right? If you do a Google search, you can find these things called marketing words that sell. Feel free to liberally splatter those things, right? So new cells, hidden, secret, right, that no person, no one in your industry will tell you, right, unknown, right. These things kind of really sell and we can use our sub-headline and even our bullet points to reinforce Mm -hmm. that, okay. And the bullet points just kind of goes into the kind of lessons and learnings that our resource will teach our prospect. Yeah, so the biggest takeaways that you can expect or the outcomes, the biggest outcomes you can expect and why they want, the person that's opting in, why they want to know that. So whatever that bullet point is, this is what it is, and you want to know this because if you don't know it, this will happen, this, you know. Yep. I recommend three to five is a really good place to go. The brain, again, has a better affinity to odd numbers. Yes. It looks better to us than even numbers of things. If you put two vases on the table, you'll go, that doesn't look quite right. You put three vases on the table, it will kind of somehow seem to work better and our bullet points are uh, in some ways the same absolutely absolutely okay so we've got our headline we've got our sub headline we've got our bullet points obviously we need some sort of opt-in form we need to have a place where people can put their email address in to opt in for whatever it is that you're giving away 
what would you normally put on an opt-in form, Tim? Because I've heard lots of different answers to this one, i.e., do you ask for first name, last name, address, name of partner, <laughs> email, <laughs> phone number? <laughs> I think we need to put the, the form itself in context of where we're positioning this particular thing in the context of our overall sales journey. Um, if you know someone really well, you can ask for more information. Or if you're in a certain, you know, trusted field. Like we, mm. if we go into a doctor's surgery, right, we don't suddenly go, oh, I don't want to fill out this lengthy form. They just hand you a clipboard with lots of questions. On it. You fill it out, you sign the bottom and you hand it back. Yeah. But for most of us, we're not in that space. And mm. most of the time when we're offering this resource, we don't have a really established relationship with our prospect yet. We don't necessarily know, like, and trust us. It's one of the points of having this resource and this landing page to actually sort of to give it to them. So I think we can certainly get away with first name, last name, and email. Mm -hmm. um, definitely first name and email. I've seen plenty of opt-in forms with just email. I mm. don't know that that's enough. Yeah. Right? I, I also do first name and email. I don't worry about last name. Something you said just a little bit earlier that I wanted to touch back on was it depends where they are in the sales process. So if this is a form, I think, that is leading to a high-ticket item, and you know that they've already filled out a couple of forms beforehand and they're almost at that sale, I think then is an okay to also ask for a phone number. Yeah. I probably wouldn't yeah, right. I probably wouldn't ask for a phone number until much later in the process. I do think we can get away here with asking one additional qualification question. Mm -hmm. And it might be something like, you know, what's your favourite colour? Right, for yeah. sake, right? We can get away with one additional sort of throwaway question at this at this point in the process. But if we're presented, and you probably, if you observe your own behaviour, if you're ever presented with a form that asks you like 15 questions. Yeah, you don't fill it out. You don't fill it out. You're not going to get that conversion that you're looking for. Right? So keep it really simple at this stage. You can put optional fields on, but definitely you want to capture email and you want to capture, you know, at least first name. And the reason we want first name is that we want to be able to address that person by their first name with any follow-up correspondence that we might. Yeah, and even though you joked about what's your favourite colour, it would normally be some sort of qualifier to help put them in a certain place in your funnel. So it could be something like what's the revenue in your business in a range or it could be your age range or it could be, you know, something else that you're interested in that's going to help you to be able to market to those people in a more focused way. Yeah, for, for lots of us who are coaches and consultants, and again, it depends. It's got to be relevant to the kind of information you want to you want to do. But if you're in the business to business space, you might ask, you know, what's the biggest challenge you have with, you know, insert the thing that you solve, and just give them a sort of drop down list that makes it very easy for them to sort of choose one of the sort of main problems that you solve. Totally, cool. So that's the opt-in form. I would definitely have that opt-in form above the fold. So if you're looking. At a screen, <clears throat> you want that to be showing up before someone scrolls down. Do you know where that comes from? No, uh, I'm assuming newspaper. It does. It does, actually. So it was wow. the fold in the newspaper. Yep. Right? And below the fold, the bit below the, where the, the fold on the, on the front page of the newspaper was. Ah, where you had to flip it over. You had to flip it over, right, to read more. So that's, about, that's what above the fold comes from. And on a well, computer screen, go. it's the bit that fits on the screen. Right? Now, bear in mind that people have different size screens. So and, and to... you know, and now that we've got mobiles or cell phones, depending on where you are in the world, obviously that gets a little bit harder then because you can't get yep. that, you can't get yep. that at the top. But I Certainly still... Certainly if... Yeah, go on, Sam. No, I was going to say, I would still 
keep mine above the fold. And it's also good to know that whilst you should actually know this kind of data about your business, while everyone's telling me, you know, make sure everything works on mobile and I get that, I look at our downloads for our podcast and I look at um, a lot of my opt-ins and the bulk of it, over 80%, always still on desktop. Yeah, and, and often they will be. I, mean, I, uh, I must admit, I look at my own behaviour. If there's a resource opt-in, always go to my desktop or, or bookmark it or something and come back to it later on. Yeah, I totally agree that if you've got and you can't fit your opt-in form above the fold because you've got images and copy and, and all those sorts of other things, do consider putting an on-page link to the form itself. Right? Now you can do that with a button or you know, click here or something that's really obvious and you can hyperlink within the same page to the opt-in form itself. Good one. I have not heard that before, Tim. You know, back to top or click here and you sort of jump down to a different part of the same page. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Gee, you surprise us sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. How scary is that? I know, it's awesome. (laughs) I just sit here waiting for those sometimes moments. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Good one. You give me plenty too, Sam. I think the next thing that we need to think about as as something that should be on just about every landing page that you create is some form of supporting evidence, right? So it can be a brag bar. Now, by brag bar, I mean if you've got sort of some media media citations or publicity, you can put those onto your thing. Um, I know that's something I've got to go back and do because I haven't done that yet (laughs) myself. Supporting evidence, so it could be a video of you sort of talking about the thing. I know one of the things that you do, Sam, which is really effective, is actually have an image, right? And you can find tools out here, you know, or go to Fiverr of the book, right? So if you're giving yeah. away an ebook, right? Go and create uh, a cover for that ebook so that people sort of go, oh, that's what I'm getting. I can see the thing that I'm getting yes. from that. Yeah. Right? If you're super tricky, you can just get a book, right? Any book at all. And print out the front page of your thing and just hold it in your hand. I've actually had in the past, I haven't done it for a little while, but some of my lead magnets, I actually had my printer print and I actually went through them in a video. It just helps people to understand what they're actually getting. Yeah, it also creates that little bit of tangibility. I mean, so many of us are selling intangible products. The more perception of tangibility we can create, the more likely it is that people ascribe value to it because we can look and touch and feel it and it becomes more real right, than these intangible things that we often sell. So that's a really, really important one. But also testimonials as well. Yeah. Right? So testimonials are a fantastic way of just reinforcing that social proof that someone else did the action that you want this person to do and they found it really valuable, so therefore it must be valuable. It's, yeah, totally. I saw somewhere last week a report that someone had put together saying that testimonials most people these days are actually scrolling straight down to the testimonials before they're scrolling back up to opt-in which i thought was super interesting yeah cool cool yeah cool. Actually, i think i have seen that people see the same behavior with with emails often people will scroll down to the ps yes before they that's back. yeah totally totally Cool. So we've talked about what landing pages are, why we would use them, talked about the secret ingredients of an effective landing page, making sure that we've got 
catchy headline, a good, good compelling text, the subheadline and the bullet points, the call to action, which is the opt-in form and using images, videos and testimonials. I think the last piece that we need to really make sure is that there's congruency where anything that is on that page is congruent with the actual download and anything that comes prior, for example, a Facebook ad, that they all do need to fit together. You can't Does totally it, change your images, can you? You can't go no. you know, rainbows and unicorns on your Facebook ad and then you know serious business images on your landing page because you just start to confuse people about what they're actually getting. Yeah, absolutely. So even though that landing page is a, a standalone thing, think about it, how the journey goes and make sure that all of the images, all of the text, the words you're using in your headline and in your, in your bullet points, it's all the same all the way through. Yeah. There's probably one more piece I just want to sort of touch on for our listeners to give a lot of thought to. And this is a really powerful part more so of your overall customer journey than the landing page itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thank you page that you send someone, someone to after mm-hmm. they hit that submit button right, and get the thing right. Now, the thank you page is where we send someone to once they've done, once they've said, yep, I want that resource, right? We need to send them, someone, send them somewhere to acknowledge that positive action. So okay. essentially someone's put their email in, They've pressed submit and it's the very next page that shows up. Yep. So it takes them to this next page. And I think this is a fantastic place to use a video of you. Mm-hmm. If you have a red head for radio, like obviously we, you and I do, Sam, because <laughs> podcasting right now, I'm joking. All right. But if you've got a head for radio, don't be afraid to use it anyway, right? Because you need to get people to know, like, and trust you. And nothing does that better than sticking your face on a video and saying, hey, just wanted to say thank you very much for downloading that resource. And again, set some expectations. It is going to, such as, you know, it's going to be in your inbox in five minutes. If you, if you can't find it, just check your updates or your junk folder and make sure that you drag it into your primary inbox so that you don't miss any of our valuable content. Right? We're actually teaching people at that particular point how to receive more of our stuff. And if we mm. don't do it, our email deliverability can go get really low, right? Mm. If you want to put a download link on that page as well, you might say, hey, click the link below to download it immediately, right? But don't forget, we've also sent your copy. Now, I think here is also a great opportunity to get someone to do the next action that we want them to do. Mm-hmm. So I know you and I, for example, on our thank you pages, we'll say, hey, while you're here, we'd love to invite you to be part of our community, mm-hmm. right? in either the Thought Leaders Business Lab community or the Marketing Automation Lab, you know, you can sort of, on Facebook, you can click the link below to get into those things, but also we can throw out some other challenges. Hey, if you're ready for a call, jump on here and let's have a quick chat. Yeah. So we can do those sorts of things as well, right? But that's a really important page in framing the next steps of that customer journey. Absolutely. And I think that people don't realise the importance of the thank you page enough. That is really the only time that you've got people absolutely 100% in your world. So it's what do you want them to do next? It's the best opportunity to get someone to do whatever it is that you want. And like you say, it could be join the community. Here's a, another resource that you might like. Join the most often is 
learn more on a webinar. So there's lots of different things that you can do, but uh, definitely make yeah. use of the thank you. But page. it is a very important thing. We, you know, if someone's done something that we want them to do, we've got to thank them for it. Because mm. if we don't thank them for it, we're not going to sort of they go. We're not going to kind of get them to re-encourage that kind of behaviour. Totally. I love how we're both waving our hands around to kind of gesture on really. We have. Been, I felt very Italian for this episode, to be honest. <laughs> not that anyone can see. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see, Tim. <laughs> We, no, we, have, so we have used our hands a lot in this episode. <laughs> right, so, so if you've got those, if you guys, if you've got those elements on your on your landing page, you're going to find it far more effective than not at converting traffic into into opportunities. Let's just quickly recap those. So, catchy headline, uh, compelling supporting text in terms of subheadlines and bullet points. Definitely need a call to action and opt-in form. We do need to get people to do something while we're there. Supporting evidence, videos, break bars, testimonials and, and the like, and making sure that it is congruent with the overall thing. And don't forget that the thank you page is as important as the landing page as well in getting that customer, that prospect to take that next step. Beautiful. So if you have got value from this episode, we'd love you to share it with your network. Give us a like. And if you've got any questions, pop them up in the Thought Leaders Business Lab Community Facebook group. Tim and I are always in there and would love to answer any of those questions for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Thank you, Tim, for helping us share what a landing page is all about. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you here. Absolutely. Sam, see you next week. See you next week, guys. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leaders business. Check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.